Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes for it again! Oh, he just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal! I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? And welcome to Season 3 of the 50 Plus 1 Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We're back after a brief stint away. I'm Billy, and with me is Lewis, who, if he was a young English prodigy, he'd be worth 50 million. But because he's German, he's only worth about 30. <laughs> he's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. Um, I, I, you, you really, really have to search very far back to find a matchup that was this exciting in both the Bundesliga and the Premier League, because it's been a while. Like usually, the first couple, the first match day, most of the games are dead. But looking at both leagues, we're going to have a look in the Bundesliga at a one-all draw between Bayern and Gladbach, which definitely holds more than the scoreline maybe says. A five-two routing by Dortmund of Eintracht Frankfurt, and. Have a look at Mainz and Leipzig. Not exactly the scoreline you'd expect there. And also Hertha BSC. They want to be a big city club. They're far from it. Then we go over to the Premier League where we have to say that it's same old Arsenal. Um, But for that comparison, Tottenham, on the other hand, are doing much better than last season and starting with a surprise shock win over title favorites Manchester City you just have to say City are always title favorites and then look at how Paul Pogba absolutely decimated Leeds United with a little bit of help from the magic man Bruno Fernandes but without further ado oh boo just wipe that smile off your face (laughs) I can't help it Jesus Christ without further ado let's jump into Premier League or Bundesliga Billy Let's start with Germany. We'll go with the Bundesliga first. Oh, we'll go with the Bundesliga. And why not go with the first match day of, or the first match of the match day, Bayern versus Gladbach. And, you know, we said the one-all draw does not do justice for what happened on the pitch because on the one hand, there was so many, so many chances that weren't taken. And then you also have so many unbelievable saves you have to say by Jan Zoma definitely deserved man of the match I was just say that was that was the point I was going to make to begin, to begin with that man is not human and the euros just sort of thrust him into more people's like consciousness because before he was just the oh, he was just a keeper that plays in the Bundesliga but now he's like this amazing Keeper that ever that people that watch the Bundesliga know he already was, and now more people seem to have the higher opinion of him. And he pulled off some utterly ridiculous saves. Yeah, I mean, who was it? I believe it was even uh, Peter Schmeichel who said Jan Sommer is without a shadow of a, da- of a doubt the most underrated goalkeeper in Europe. I mean, like you said, the Euros 
definitely put him on the map if not if if he hadn't been already before that and now he's basically piggybacking off of the off of the off of his great performances as he should do i mean he's not resting he's he's going he's going to even greater heights and to do that against Bayern of all teams and i mean he frustrated Robert Lewandowski for so much of the night i mean given yes Lewandowski still did score but you know, he Lewandowski could have had a hat trick in that match. Probably should have. And if it hadn't been for Zoma, it probably would have been a Bayern six-one route. That's the thing, and it's weird because both defenses didn't cover themselves in glory. And oh hell no! How much did Bayern pay for Upamecano? Forty-two million, I think, forty-two point five, something like that. And he something looked stupid. ropey as hell. I told you last. I told you after the Dave Bepokai final, the guy got blown away by Haaland like a piece of paper. I mean, given Haaland does that with pretty much every defender on this planet, but still, and. You know, we said it so many times, you know, he goes forward and he just, you know, bombs forward like he's an 18-year-old who has no clue what to do with the ball. He didn't bomb forward last match as much, but it was just positioning was off. And then you can't get around the fact that he probably can't be too unhappy about about Marco Fritz if he calls him on two penalty attempts attempts if he calls two penalties against Bayern I mean me as a Bayern fan I was said I was sitting there thinking there's there's no way the VAR doesn't jump in at this point there's no way has to he has to but I, I don't know what the guy was smoking in the VAR truck but I mean we're back to square one all of last season, VAR was this constant, constant topic of conversation. And now, first match day, it's back. But this is the thing I said to you uh, on Friday night. This is Marco Fritz, you know, Germany's referee of the year. Uh, the first the first incident was a bit more dubious. But the second one, it's like, come on, he clips him from behind. Yeah, there's no... there's. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Leon Goretzka said if he if the referee gives that, we can't be complaining too much. Like we he literally said in front of camera we've gotten away with something there. You know, Julian Nagelsmann, I don't know if that's shit housery or not, but he literally goes in front of camera and says, mm, if I trust the VAR's judgment. If the VAR doesn't call it, then can't complain. One thing I did notice about Bayern is your squad depth is terrible this season. Oh, the squad depth is a freaking... It's shambolic. Because the starting 11, I would say you can't fault. Uh, you know, that's, that's with, an with the exception start. of Josip Stanisic. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, But to be fair, I'd say he was probably one of the best players on the pitch that night. Mm, he was... He had a few hairy moments, but luckily Gladbach still can't finish. Yeah, but still, he 
he did his job and he definitely had a couple of good tackles. I mean, for the fact that he made his Bundesliga debut more or less or start starting 11 debut, you know, I can't fault the guy, but yeah, like you, like you said, you know, with the exception of Stanisic, probably a world-class starting 11, but the problem is after that, there's nothing coming from that bench. You literally have the bench filled with a bunch of young players from the reserves and players who no one understands why they've been bought, like Bonassa. The only reason the guy's still there is because Zalihamicic, the nonce of a freaking sporting director that Bayern have, decided that he is worthy of a four-year contract at age 28, having never played outside of League One. Or League A, sorry. Not to confuse any of the English fans there. Uh, and it's it's just the same same story as last season over and over again. The guy is just not fit to be sporting director, and he has screwed the squad depth, and he screwed the transfer policy. Uh, tr- the transfer policy, and he is the guy has no idea what he's doing. Absolutely well, none. Well, on on that subject, Tuesday night is the German Super Cup final between Bayern and Dortmund, and that has just got a Dortmund win written all over it. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and argue that because it's so freaking true. It's not, it's just at this point, it's just a question of how high Dortmund are going to win. Because with that defending, the only reason Gladbach didn't didn't win that game is because one, they had two penalties not given to them. And two, their finishing was equally as shambolic. And Bayern had a grip on them for about, I want to say 45 minutes. But... All in all, Gladbach and Dortmund still two very different sides. Well, shall we leave Nagelsmann's current club and talk no. about his new club? Because if you if you were a Leipzig fan, and yes, they do exist. Oh, he's stolen my job. I was just about to pull that one as well. Damn. We're so in sync. <laughs> uh, and you saw that buying game on Friday. You'd be thinking, okay, this is... They're ripe for the taking. It's going yeah. to be a two-horse race, Leipzig and, and Dortmund. And then you go and play like they did against Mainz. And it's like, oh, my God, they just look so disjointed. And I said to you before we started recording, the front four, you had Forsberg, Haidara, and Kunku and Andre Silva. That should be that should be scoring at least putting three goals past Mainz at least at the very least. And yet they were all so out of sync with each other. And you've got Dominic Sorbosly sat on the bench that didn't even get didn't even get a look in. Yeah, that's a crime. I I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, Jesse Marsh actually knows tell a lie. He came on, but you know. <laughs> Completely disregard that. But see, Sobers like come on and he had like 20 minutes to try and do something when I bring him on at half time because Hydara just wasn't in the game at all. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it. And I mean, to be fair, not them not being in sync is probably attributed to the fact that they're, you know, it's a new formation up up top you know Andre Silva just came from Frankfurt 
he's going to maybe need a little bit of time to adjust. But all in all, you still even if even if you need time to adjust, you don't lose one nil to Mainz. You That's say a that bit, but on the flip side, Mainz played really well, and they did have that upswing last season where they you know they looked like they were going to finish bottom of the table and then they managed to grab 12th place at the end of la- by the end of last season yeah whatever Bo Svensson's done since he's come in is nothing short of ridiculous and well, at, at this point Leipzig must be absolutely sick of the sight of Musa Niakate is that man scored <laughs> five professional goals four of them have come against Leipzig including the winner today Oh, love that statistic. Oh, Bill, Bill, he's he's smashing at the park with that statistic. Yeah, they probably are. And I mean, you know, Mainz, they've produced two managers who have made it to a Champions League final, one of which has actually won the Champions League. So Bo Svensson, Champions League title 2026. You can't gas them up that much. <laughs> but then again, stranger things have happened, like Fulham reaching a Europa League final. So, Exactly. And, you know, no one thought Thomas Tuchel was going to go anywhere near where he went. You know, it, you have to give it. Oh, also, they beat RB Leipzig despite losing Robin Kaisen, who arguably last season was one of their better players. Oh yeah, the Swede. Yeah, definitely. De- arguably one of his one of their better players. Definitely one of their better players. He now plays for Al Etifak. So we, well, we he know just why needed a payday. Yeah, exactly. Say we know why he's gone there. It's not. It's not even a question anymore. So, yeah, yeah, I think. I'd... I think it's probably less of a case of, of Leipzig being that bad. I think it's more of a case of Mainz played really well, managed it really well. Yeah, yeah. For once, we're not talking about the top team playing so badly. We're talking about the underdog actually producing a good performance and and just frustrating a top team. Well, there we go. Shall we talk Dortmund? Well, who, who are all... my who are my pick to win it this year? Yeah, I can see why. Um. I mean, the Bayern fan in me obviously says we're, we're getting a 10th title, but realistically speaking, I'd probably put my money on Dortmund if I were going to. I'm never going to bet against my own team, but probably would put money on Dortmund to win it. Erling Haaland, I mean, he's taken the lead and the scoring uh, in the duel between him and Lewandowski for uh, top scorer. And I mean... I just don't see any anyone other than those two dueling for it. Um, two goals and three assists. Yeah, uh, and and also in their DFB Pokal game, he was involved in those goals as well. He's been involved in every Dortmund goal this season. It's ridiculous. So the kid is not human. Speaking of which, do you still think that someone will scoop him up this summer or that Dortmund are definitely holding on to him? Oh, not this summer. Definitely not this summer. 
Yeah, I don't. There's no way in hell that I think Dortmund are going to lose Haaland and Jaden Sancho in one transfer window because that would literally be the end of all of their title aspirations, Champions League aspirations, everything. Like Dortmund losing the two most prolific players in one transfer window would literally put that club out of European places. And if, if the board allowed that to happen, if I was Marco Rose, I'd walk. Oh, yeah. But ignoring you know, what he's done for that club in the past eight years, I definitely, I'd still walk. There, there, are, there are upsides to Chelsea signing Lukaku and City going for Kane. And he's, he's coming, he's being reunited with his old manager. He's not going to Bayern because, in all honesty, why would you join a wilting, downward spiral Bayern team run by a horrendous dictator that thinks he knows better than actual football people? You say that, but Bayern actually would... Here's the thing, right? Lewandowski, he might want to try something new. He's done, if we're being honest, he's done everything he can at Bayern. He's broken the record for most. I mean, the only thing he could do right now is break, is try and break the record for most Bundesliga goals of all time, which Gerd Müller, who we have to say sadly passed away today um, after a long battle with uh, dementia. I mean, 75 is no age to go, but uh, yeah, Germany's most prolific striker ever. 68 goals and 62 caps. Unfreaking believable. And I mean, up until last season, his magic 40 goals in one season stood for almost 50 years. And he still holds the record for the most Bundesliga goals scored in by one single person, which is 365. I mean, he scored over 600 goals and 500 appearances for Bayern. That says it all, really. And uh, probably without him, Bayern don't become the club that they are today. I think that's very, that'd be a fair point to make. Fair enough. Uh, just going back to Dortmund quickly, we'll leave Haaland for now. I think huh. 75 mil release clause next summer. He's as good as gone summer of 2022. You say that, but you can you can sign new deals that don't have those release clauses in. Yeah, but will he though? Without well, sneak thief agent, even even if it's just to go, oh look, just sign this like a, a, a two year extension, we'll still let you go. But it means we can demand like two hundred million for you, and people will pay it for him. Yeah, which gives me a little little topic that I that I. I'll only spend a couple of minutes on it, but do English clubs not feel like the effects of the pandemic? Because they've been, they basically just kept on spending like, like they did pre-corona times. Does this, I mean, who, no, no one spends even PSG held back in their spending. I mean, they got uh, messages. No, 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 no,
Okay, like, I know they these, paid. They these, gave Messi 40 million, 40 million signing bonus. All but these people still. saying that they only spent sixty million on, on Hakimi are naive. Yeah, but still, it's not like City spending City where where Guardiola goes and says in a press conference about four months ago is like, you yeah, know, no, 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 we don't have the financial resources to sign a Harry Kane or something like that. And then four months later, he's like, huh? By the way, we've just dropped a hundred million on Jack Grealish, and that's a hundred million pounds, not euros. Hundred, that's hundred and eighteen million euros. Lewis, mate, does this come from a place of jealousy? It comes from a place of jealousy because we've got a board that is so tight that they they think that they can only spend sixty million in one transfer summer, when they have a squad depth of literally zero. Like there is no squad depth in there whatsoever. So yes, I am a little bit bitter. It's not. It's not just the fact that it's uh, ignoring the effects of the pandemic. It's more the fact that the TV rights for the Premier League are about six times what they are for the Bundesliga. So even in a, in a case with no fans, there's still a hell of a lot more money coming into even like West Brom and Sheffield United. You wouldn't so. happen to know the, the, the new TV rights deals because, I mean, we, the, last ones, the last ones I remember were the ones that were only carried through till 2019 for the Premier League and through 2021 in the Bundesliga. And the Bundesliga for... Four years between 2017 and 2021 were at 4.64 billion. So and the, for the time frame between 2016 and 2019, we're at 5.13 billion. Do you know the new figures for that? Because if we're being honest, 5.13 and 4.64, given there's 5.13 over three years versus 4.64 over four, but that's still relatively close. Uh, you have the Bundesliga. I mean, has uh, their uh, broadcast broadcast rights package has decreased from four point six four to four point four until twenty twenty five. Christ! And I do believe the Premier League is round about five point something. Oh no! Uh, the Premier League it's renewed a four point eight billion TV rights deal. So there's about. 400 million in it that's still massive i mean when you've probably got the premier league bottom of the table club making more money than the bundesliga champions that says it all really yeah but i I think i think our rights are distributed differently to yours like 50 percent split equally and 50 percent is split on where you finish it has to be because i mean like, let's be real. Arsenal spent fifty million pounds on Ben White, and Ben White is, for lack of a better word, shit. I uh, no, okay. Let's 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 be fair. He's not shit, but there's a there's levels. I would say there's levels to playing for Brighton. Mediocre. It's not mediocre. He he will be a very good centre half. Uh, I think if you talk to anyone that's watched him play, so when he was on loan at Leeds, when he was at Brighton, people talk about him as a Rolls Royce centre half. But such a thing exists in the Premier League as English tax. Oh, That's yeah. why Jack Grealish was 100 million. That's why Slabhead was 80. That's why Ben White was 50. That's why Jaden Sancho only cost 73. Whereas if we bought him from, say, a Man City, it would have been about 150. Oh, easy. 
Easy. So you can buy a just just as talented player, arguably if not more talented, for a lot less. Hence why United have spent 34 on Rafael Varane. I know you've got more years with Ben White. It's more of a long-term solution, whereas Varane is a right now. I mean, that's what United need. Realistically, it's, speaking, it's going United to be. Probably... It's it's not going to be pretty next week when Ben White comes up against Lukaku. Oh, they play Chelsea. So we'll talk Premier League in a minute. Let's just talk Hertha Berlin. The, the well, they're kind of like an Arsenal. I suppose they really are. They think they're this massive club, and they just aren't. Exactly, a team from the capital who think they're bigger than they are when they're really not. Yeah, they've you know from the reinforcements you would think. It's not bad. You know, Kevin Prince Boateng, he's got the experience. And I mean, Kevin Prince Boateng 2018 came in for one year and helped Frankfurt win their first DFB Pokai in 30 years. The guy is good for that sort of situation. And he's coming back to his boyhood club where he started as a professional. But we we had this conversation probably like what? Christmas of last season, yeah, where they'd spent all this money on all these players and were still utter trash. And it's again it's today, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, they've brought in what Suat Serdar from Schalke, they've brought in Kevin Prince Boateng, they've brought in Stevan Jovetic, who actually scored, yeah. But other than that, I mean defensively they are absolutely shot to pieces uh, because for Modeste's equaliser today he absolutely bullied is it Dardai the centre half the manager's son which reeks, <laughs> reeks of favouritism just a tad bit just a tad bit daddy's manager so I get to play centre half doesn't happen every day, does it? <laughs> and get out-muscled by and out-jumped by Anthony Modeste. Keeper didn't even move. And then you can see two goals in two minutes to Florian Keynes. And it's like, they're both so avoidable. Like the first one, Matthias Kuna loses it on the halfway line. And it's such a weak attempt at trying to keep hold of the ball. It just gives up and jumps to the ground. Yeah, Matthias Cunha is also one of those Neymar-type players who has got zero defensive work rate. It's because he's a flair player. Flair players don't tend to trap back, do they? Exactly. I mean, yeah, you need them sometimes, but, you know, they're not... Eh. I don't see much worth... I don't see what the worth is in that. But, yeah, it's... No, Hertha Berlin, they, they keep investing money, but it just doesn't seem to be the right investment at any point in time. Like every single time it's for lack of a better word, just money pissed down the drain, really. Well, I've got, they've got this amazing, it's not a football stadium. It's a sports arena. It's got a racetrack around the outside of it. Grow up. I mean, it's the Olympic stadium that was built for the 1936 Olympics. Exactly. It's not a football stadium. Grow up and get a proper ground. Yeah. Go, go across the city and into the woods and go to Union Berlin Stadium, which is absolute class. 18,000 out of 22,000 safe standing. Oh. Yes. It's a thing that English fans can only dream of. 
Oh God! Um, United have got a small section of safe standing, like as a trial. Oh, Jesus! So it's only like a couple thousand seats, I think. And someone someone went to the preseason game against Brentford, and was like, "Oh, they've put in these new safety rails, but they've not made them wide enough for someone taller than five and a half feet." He was like sat at an angle. And it's like, mate, it's because you're meant to stand. You're not- <laughs> You're not meant to sit down in a safe standing area. People that sit down at the football probably piss sitting down anyway. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know why. It's just a bit of a... It's triggered you. It's properly triggered you, hasn't it? Well, it comes from... It stems from Southampton fans thinking they're better. Oh, we've got such a great atmosphere at St. Mary's. No, you don't. You all sit down. <laughs> I can understand well, in like the family stand or something. If you've got young kids or... Or old people. You you say that, but the last time I was at a Chelsea a Chelsea um, safe stand in, or in the family section, I saw this one five year old kid giving it giving some player the finger and going fuck off. And 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 the dad, he's he's right. He's you know he's got the son in his arms. It's like oh yeah, you can't. And it's just you're just like well that's that's oh. that's the family section. Football's nothing <laughs> without fans. <laughs> So Jesus let's Christ. let's move on from the German side from the capital who think they're better than they are to the English to side the- from the capital who think they're better than they are and Arsenal losing 2-0 at the was it the Brentford Community Stadium that plush new one that they've built I'm just going to say right now, I've never been happier to know that Amazon Prime is covering a team than when I found <laughs> out oh, they're covering Arsenal this season. Oh, no. They're covering Arsenal this season. And the first episode, someone posted on Twitter and they were like, "The first if the first episode is not called Same Old Arsenal, I'm rioting. And <laughs> I'm in full agreement with them. <laughs> And oh, do you know what? The worst thing about that is that they won't have uh, access to the Sky commentary for it, or they'll be using the Arsenal own stuff. So uh, there'll, be, there'll be none of the berating from Jamie Carragher, where he called them like bullied, weak minded schoolboy defending. Which is, in effect, 100% on the money. And you're, that is right. It's the same old Arsenal. Like, you can spend as much money as you want. So Burned Leno is not a very good goalkeeper. Well, we say, nah, how hard? No, 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 no. He may have a very good goalkeeper. Not a very good goalkeeper. We say he's an, he's an average goalkeeper. So, okay, sorry, sorry. He's an average goalkeeper. Uh, and when they were tossing up the idea of him and Emmy Martinez, they should have just kept Martinez. Well, yeah, they, pro- yeah, they probably should have. Then you've got, what is it, Pablo Mari... Ben White and Callum Chambers in a in the back four with Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney is average as hell. Pablo Mari, eh, Ben White will be good. I'm sticking by Ben White. Callum Chambers has had his he's passed it. It's not worked out for you, mate. Just just leave. okay. Who the okay? I'm sorry for for lack of a better. Who the fuck is Sambi Lagonka or no Lukonga? Oh, they signed him from Anderlecht. He's actually meant to be quite good. But then again, it's difficult. You've never to, heard of him. It's difficult to to tell much when he barely touches the ball. <laughs> yeah, Granite, Granite Xhaka is Granite Xhaka. Enough said. Uh, and then I think Emil Nick- Smith Rowe will be will be very good. Yeah. As will that uh, Florian of Balogun. 
who uh, yeah. all you Arsenal fans rate him ridiculously highly. Uh, then you've got the poor man's Mason Greenwood, Gabriel Martinelli. And then you've got the overpaid Nicolas Pepe. Who they're still paying for. You're sh- oh, no way. It was, what was it? 75 million or something stupid like that? it was like 80 that? million. 80 million uh, flat. It might have been something close to that, yeah. And they're paying it off in stages each season. So they're, st- they're still not paid that off. And he's absolute trash. I'm so happy, uh, so happy Bayern didn't sign him because they were in for him, like seriously in for him. And you, you can say in in the, in Arsenal, well, you can't say much in Arsenal's defence because Lacazette and Aubameyang don't defend. They're not there to defend. They they may have put a couple of the chances away, but I can't remember Arsenal having any chances to put away. They didn't register a shot on goal in the first half. Well, there we go. From inside and, the penalty area. And talking to people that I know that support Arsenal, and it's like, oh, you know, this could be Gabriel Martinelli's season to to, to come through. It's like, well, I'm just, sorry, is it fuck? It's just not going to happen because he can't stay fit. Every time he has a run in the team, it ends after about three matches because he pulls up lame. Yeah, pretty much. And people are like, oh, when he scored that goal against Chelsea, you know, where he run the entire length of the pitch at Stanford Bridge. Yeah. All the pictures of because he he played he was on trial at United in like I want to say 2018, 2019, mm. 2018, I think it was. Um, and they were like, Oh, it's another player you've missed out on. It's like, well, let's be honest, there's a reason he wasn't signed, and it's probably because of his injury record. Yeah, it's like having Corentin Tolisso in your squad. Oh god, what was that thing I sent you the other day? He's played like 14 matches in like three seasons. Nah, 32 games in four years. That's the one. That's that's ridiculous. That's I not... mean, in all fairness to him, he's he's ripped his ACL. So there's one season down the tubes. He's ripped the tendon off the bone that secures your hamstring to your knee. Oh, I felt that. So yeah, that that's and he did that without any outside influence. Like he did that in training, had a shot, and all of a sudden he just went. That's it. Gosh, baby, so the guy has literally got glass legs, for lack of a better word. That's it, sick. I mean, he's just. There's a reason Bayern only want 10 million for him is because they just want to get him off their wage bill. He's costing them, I think, 10 million a year. And he barely plays. Can they not just buy him out? Uh, if he's costing them 10 million a year, you might just spend that 10 million in one go. I don't know if it might cost more to buy him out, to be honest no, with you. Do. Anyway, we'll leave that for now. I want to talk. Yeah. This, this is, again, it's it's not, this is the, the Mainz Leipzig scenario this wasn't Arsenal being terrible this was Brentford playing out of their skin every single player on that team they played their hearts out bossed literally they bossed it Ivan Tone even though he didn't score terrorized Ben White <laughs> uh Sergi Canos his he ran up and down that left flank like an apps oh the, that right flank sorry like an absolute like a man possessed Oh, it's so funny. You say Ivan Tony has uh, he he terrorized Ben White. 
Imagine what Romelu Lukaku is going to do to Ben White. Gosh, he's going to flick Ben White, and Ben White is going to go flying into the East Stand. We can only hope. <laughs> and yeah, and I mean, okay, Lukaku's so freaking massive. Man's built like a freight train. He can like, run as well. That's the scary part. He can make, he can move that weight. This is the thing. I was hurt when Romelu Lukaku left. I loved Rom. And it's going to be really funny Big and way. really depressing and make me want to jump out of a window when he scores a hat trick against us at Old Trafford and does the added by all celebration where he runs oh, the, entire the, of, the entire length of the pitch just to celebrate in front of United fans. Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about Adebayor's uh, Lion uh, celebration. Was that Adebayor? No, this is the one where he scored against. So he moved from Arsenal to Man City. Right, right. And then he runs the length of the pitch yeah, just to scores, celebrate. Scores the, the winning the goal at the Etihad in, uh, against Arsenal. Runs the entire length of the pitch and knee slides in front of the Arsenal fans. That is shithousery at its finest. I'm sorry. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when it doesn't happen to your team. And that's a genuine possibility this season. <laughs> it's like that one thing where Davy Zaker he goes and he, he scores in the DFB Pokal against SV Meppen and runs to the SV Meppen fans and goes and basically salutes right in front of them and you just see the beer the beer glasses flying in his direction and he's loving it he takes he takes a spray of all the beer uh, of all the beer uh, cups and he's just he's just taking it he's just like, oh yes Shower me with your beer. Shower me with your hate. And he's like, it was shithouser at its finest. I'm all for it. Well, genuinely, though, Brentford are going to cause a lot of team a lot of trouble this year. Yeah, I think they're the kind of, they might be the surprise. I, I don't might know. be the surprise team to stay up in the Prem. Maybe. I think it's just nice to have a team come up and not just be like whipping boys. Yeah. Not go downhill like Sheffield Sheffield United last season. Pretty much. And obviously, you know... Again, they did beat United, didn't they? (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving moving swiftly on. Speaking of United, Paul Pogba does finally produce what he does for France in a United shirt. Your comments. Say magnifique. <laughs> uh, that that actually pretty much sums it up. Four assists. He's no United player has ever done that in a United shirts, and he's gotten four assists. And then there's a hat trick from Bruno Fernandez. I think it's pretty telling when a hat trick from Bruno Fernandez is not the biggest headline in that match. Oh, no, I nearly cried. Um, not even shocked. But that's the thing. Like this isn't. I said this at the end at the back end of last season. I could count the the good games that Paul Pogba's had on the back of for United on one hand. It's now just gone to two hands. Um, <laughs> last season he got three assists all season. He's beaten that in. He beat that in sixty eight minutes. God against Leeds and. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Leeds. They're, they're gonna they're gonna do the business now. They're gonna they're gonna stay up. They're gonna be and and they'll they'll do bits." I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to stay up, but they just got freaking bent over. They'll they'll stay up, but 
this is this is my my issue with the the Leeds myth that they're this <laughs> amazing, expansive, expressive. They play cavalier of, football. Oh, fucking <laughs> shut up! I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> Leeds in their cavalier football. Oh. Every pundit, it triggered you so much last season. It was great. It's like, yeah, fine. Go to Anfield, take the game to Liverpool, draw 1-0 on the opening day, and then go and get battered 4-0 by Crystal Palace. Lose 6-2 and 5-1 at the home of your biggest rivals in the Premier League. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, but we beat Man City at the Etihad. Yeah, that City team that already won the league. Good one. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's the thing. They can be very good. Like the start of that second half when Luke Ayling scored, and I, anyone but Luke Ayling cannot stand, <laughs> cannot stand him. And do you know what the funniest thing was? He was like laughing and joking after he scored, and that he had like grinning, like ear to ear, like a Cheshire cat. Um, Mason Greenwood made him look like he was running through treacle when he scored a two one, and it was him that couldn't clear. Bruno Fernandes is shot off the line. So <laughs> how'd that work out for you, Luke boy? Sorry. Not better whatsoever. No, not, no, not at we all. Are in, this is an impartial football, football podcast. And I'm, uh, that's was unprofessional for me. <laughs> and even oh, Pastor man. Fred got involved. So what does that say? Fred never scores. So... You say that, but didn't wasn't he one of the didn't he notch a goal in one of the one of the last couple of Manchester derbies? No, he's never scored in the derby. He scored against Spurs. That was the one. But so th- this is the thing with <laughs> also the other funny thing uh, when they bought Junior Furpel at half time, twelve just oh just under twelve and a half million from Barca. No. Barca are absolutely laughing. That, that player is not worth 12 and a half cents. It's a little bit of a sad point, though, to see that Calvin Phillips is in a Leeds team like that. Oh, he only didn't play because he had like he had like half the pre. He didn't, I don't think he had any preseason at all. Well, I know he's not playing. I mean, I know he, did, he didn't play there, but still, like he's in a team like that. Yeah, that's but a little bit depressing. It's it is and it isn't because as good as Calvin Phillips is, I don't think he'll ever leave Leeds because of the fact that no one took a that's chance a on bold shot. Well, no one took a chance on Calvin Phillips apart from Leeds. You know, yeah, but he's only twenty five. Yeah, but I think he values that quite. He's he's a he's a local lad. He's oh, is he from Leeds? Yeah, so he, he's local. He lives and breathes it. And like I say, there's there's still some loyalty in football. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, just the last I mean, thing before we move on to Watford. I think the biggest problem for United this year is trying to fit Pogba into that. Pogba and Fernandez into that. Because obviously Fernandez is, is the 10. Yeah, that's nailed down. But then you've got if you start McTominay and Fred, Pogba has There's to no play. Space. He has to play wide left like he played against Leeds. Well, he didn't do too badly though, did he? No, but then when you've got Marcus Rashford back, when Sancho's fully fit, when Martial's fully fit, when Cavani's back, you know, are you gonna are you gonna sacrifice one of your? To be fair, with Varane coming, in, you probably could sacrifice one of your holding midfielders. 
put Pogba back there as a box to box. I mean, you could, but then the magic of Bruno Fernandez kind of goes missing because then he has to, he doesn't play as a number ten; he plays as number eight. Honestly, because you, you could you could play him at left back and still score twenty goals a season. For yeah, him. okay. Leaving the Bruno Fernandez hype train for a minute. I never want. <laughs> I never want to get off that hype train. Yeah, okay, but from an impartial view, are you going to sit there and tell me that Bruno Fernandez will do the same damage? Playing at the playing as a number eight as he does as a number ten, he'll still do bits, yeah, but, but he won't the do the he same plays, amount of damage as he when, plays he's, all, when he plays number ten. He plays all across that team, but I know what you mean. He only, he got in the positions he got into against Leeds because you had Pogba was there, Fred McTominay. Exactly my point. If you've got another player like crowding that space, yeah, he was basically playing as a false nine at some point. Well, that's all you want from a center attacking mid, though, isn't it? Yeah, on it, I think it'll work out because Dan James won't start many more games. Sancho will come in. That's squad depth right there. That is squad depth. Oh, oh just just the one last thing because the irony of this is not lost on me. After watching <laughs> after watching Phil Jones fail to defend fail to defend for most of his career. <laughs> apparently he stuck to his guns and outright refused to give Raphael Varane the number four shirt, despite the fact that Varane like physically spoke to him about it. He was like, no, I'm keeping it, which is why Raphael Varane is now number 19. The irony of Luke Luke Shaw, the irony of Phil Jones defending that number four shirt is not lost on me. I mean... Why? Because why? Would, because he's, he's not. Trying, he's never going to get another game for United, is he? Technically, he's still injured, so he can't. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Even if he's fully fit, he's never going to get another game for United. No, uh, no. I'll have can. you know, he started and scored against Tranmere Rovers away in the FA Cup last season. So, mm-hmm. pipe down two seasons ago. Sorry. Are Tranmere Rovers even in one of the leagues? Yeah, I think they're league one. Or the conference? No, they're league one. League one? Fuck. I think so. They were at the time anyway. So let's talk Watford before we wrap up. Because, you know, another London club, even though they're in uh, Hertfordshire, which is in London. Well, well. No, it's not London. Same with Brentford. Brentford is in Surrey. It's not in London. Yeah, okay, but are we aren't we forgetting another London club who pulled a big upset? An actual London club. Oh Christ! Oh, how have I forgot about that? Oh my god! Yeah, no, I laughed about that earlier. Let's talk Tottenham. Because, I mean, it pisses me off because Hoyman Son. I just I don't like him. I don't, I'm not. Why? How can you him. not like Son? He's such a happy player. I love Hoyman Son. He kind of lost it when he did when when you saw in that Amazon documentary of what he got the red card for, and then he's got and then he goes and he's all pissed off. He's like, "How's that red? How's that red?" It's like, "Well, fuck off!" You know yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Take your fan head. Take your fan head off. Look at look at me across this glorious two pixel video chat. Oh yeah, and and you tell me as a if you were playing football. If you were playing for your team, right, 
and you were sent off for something you didn't think was a, a sending off, would you be pissed off? Yeah, but he oh, knows are, it's a sending off. He knows full well it's a sending off. Yeah, but no one's going to admit it's a red card, are they? Someone's going to hold their hands and oh, go... Then you oh, just yeah. keep your mouth shut and you go off the pitch. Nah. Why don't you like Son? Is it, did he have the chance to join Bayern and turn them down to join Spurs? Well, he also kicked Germany out of the World Cup for good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Do I need to open up the wounds? That's what I thought. Too soon, man. Come on. There's a time and a place. This is also the nice thing. As much as I know it's going to come at the expense of you as well, any Chelsea fan tries and tell me to, tries to tell me about the uh, the Champions League final 2012. Paul, my friend, nothing, nothing can beat that. Nothing can beat that. It's fine. You'll be laughing when Jorginho wins the Ballon d'Or over Lewandowski. Anyway, let's oh, talk Jesus about Christ. Let's talk about Spurs. <laughs> Jorginho wins that. First of all, if there's a Chelsea center mid winning the Ballon d'Or, it is definitely N'Golo Kante, not Jorginho. The only reason Jorginho is in there is because he won three titles in one summer, which granted, not a bad title haul. But on the other hand, really, there are so many other players who had a better individual performance than Jorginho. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But we can cross the, the Ballon d'Or bridge when it, when it arrives because... <laughs> it is Man inevitably C- arriving. Man City lost to Spurs. So let's talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> the glee on your face. <laughs> I don't know what we're on about. This is an impartial football discussion. Um, I just want to make the point that Harry Kane wasn't even on the bench for Spurs. And uh, since Pep Guardiola referred to Tottenham Hotspur as the Harry Kane team, <laughs> they've played five times and not beaten them. No, sorry, they've played three times and not beaten them either. Without And Harry Kane's not played in any of them. So... That's that awkward. Pep Fraudiola. I mean, to be fair, Man City played with a back line of Mendy, Ake, and Cancelo. The only ones who I probably want to have out of that back line is Ruben Diaz. Well, that's that's the thing. So, uh, City's starting eleven cost five hundred and fifty million pounds. It's the most expensive lineup ever in the Premier League. The sum of their bench cost three hundred and fifty million. Oh, three hundred forty-seven. I thought whatever. Uh, yeah, well, rounding up for the sake of rounding up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> losing at home, losing away to Tottenham Hotspur on the opening day of a Premier League season, fucking priceless. Oh yeah, but the, okay, yeah. People, are... but look, look at their bench. How how have you? I mean, the only reason has to be is that because they all played the Euros. Because you've got Rodri, Laporte, Walker, De Bruyne, Stones, Sinchenko, Bernardo Silva, and Gabriel Jesus all on the bench. Are you kidding me? Well, t- to be fair, Kevin De Bruyne. That was a, a shock when he was named on the bench because he was. Everyone was told he was injured. Yeah, but still. You could start a starting a backline of Mende Ake and Cancelo taking Ruben Diaz out because he's class. Okay, Nathan Ake is uh, not very. He's well, he's not a Man City caliber of player. No, you look at, and no one understood why they bought him. It wasn't cheap either, man. It's like forty million. 
for for a relegated. I've got issues with this because yeah, you can pick up bargains. You look at Harry Maguire and Andy Robertson when they left Hull after they got relegated. Oh, when they left Hull, I was about to say Harry Maguire a bargain at eighty-seven mil. I doubt it. You leave that fat-headed bastard out of this. <laughs> but that's okay. So, Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Moving from Bournemouth, who were relegated, to Sheffield United, who then got relegated. <laughs> and it's like, what do you expect when you buy a defensive player from a relegated side? They didn't go down because Aaron Ramsdale was making save after save after save. They went down because they conceded more goals than they scored. <laughs> it's the same. Nathan Ake is good. Aston Villa, good. Yeah. Not Manchester City, good. You look at the yeah. penalty he gave away in the Community Shield last weekend against Leicester. And Benjamin Mendy is god awful. And they paid 52 million for him. Literally, he's absolutely terrible. If you're going to play against Man City, you attack whichever side Benjamin Mendy's playing on. Yeah. Yeah, they've got some work to do. That's uh, that is. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, but we said this last year. They 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 started slow last year, and then what was it? The they played against Chelsea, didn't they? And everyone was like, "Oh, Chelsea going to absolutely turn them over," and it was like, "Okay, you just sort of woken the beast here," and they beat them like three 0 <laughs> And from that moment on, I think they lost like two games: once against United, once against Leeds. Yeah. So yeah, okay, you know, let's you let's not let's not lose our heads here. Like Man City is still a very good team. They've got Foden to come back. They've got a uh, fully fit Kevin De Bruyne to come back. I don't buy the That's fact sick. that Jack Grealish hasn't integrated with a team because you're a professional footballer. You play football with whoever's around you. Yeah, but also you know you have to think you know Laporte's missing, John Stones is missing, um, Kyle Walker's missing. You know those are all starters. They've got yeah, all think- the guys who were playing in the Euros who haven't come back yet fully. Yeah, but despite all that, the glaring obvious thing missing from that City team is a genuine striker. Oh yeah, it is so obvious, so unbelievably obvious that it, that, that they don't have. That classic number nine up there. I mean, they're screaming for Harry Kane. That's what that that was also the irony was the fact that against Man City, Harry Kane's not even included in the uh, squad, and everyone's well, really like. Ooh. But Nuno said it was because of fitness, but let's be honest, his head's probably not with it at the moment. It's a similar reason that Louis Van Gaal didn't play David de Gea for the first like five games of that season, where. Uh, the season we almost signed for Madrid. The fax machine broke, and we had to send it like <laughs> two minutes after the deadline. I mean, that's just a deadpan excuse, but <laughs> but we'll that's ignore the thing. That. He, he played Sergio Romero in goal because obviously his head wasn't in the right place. Yeah. So, I'm of the I'm of the opinion that they won't sign Kane this summer. They can't because they don't have the. I mean, I'm sorry. You're gonna t- sit there and tell me that that city actually have the capital to spend a hundred million, on, hundred mil on Grealish and another hundred mil or more. Probably. They're owned by a country that's 
got oil money, son. They could buy. They could buy you. Like you've got financial fair play. Like even financial financial fair play doesn't exist. It's a myth. Financial fair play does not exist. If they were, if they got away with it last time, they're going to get away with it again. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Won't face any action for the ridiculous amount of money they've spent. Yeah, okay. P- PSG should de- like the, the their boss Nasser Al Khalifi just going in and say, "Oh yeah, uh, we've we're, we abide by financial fair play rules." Yeah, the only reason you abide by them is because financial fair fair play rules literally just need you to balance the books out so that you make at least you know that you don't make more than minus two hundred mil. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I think we should probably big up Spurs. Which is something that sounds weird to say. Yeah. But a couple players. Jaffet Tanganga. Oh, their homegrown guy. At right back. Absolute. It was absolute Leviathan today. And people are like, oh, he's just there to foul people. It's like, yes, but it worked. <laughs> it worked. I think the other one, Oliver Skip. Who again yeah. is one of these players that if you talk to people who support Spurs and who've seen youth games, it's like, okay, this kid is this kid is serious. Deli Alley looked like Deli Alley again. Yeah. This is this is the uh the the Mourinho Pogba thing as well. The shackles, the shackles are off. Let's go. It's baller time for Deli Alley. Yeah. I can have a massive season for Spurs. And if he's Son, allowed to play. And Son's, you know, stepped up. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue. Especially when you can bring, you know, Lo Celso, Matt Doherty. It's not bad. But that's, other than the first 15 minutes, Tottenham were, were just better. They were first to everything. They wanted it more. That's, that's, that comes down to the cut of it. Spurs looked like they wanted it more. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we move on to touch briefly before we wrap up on the fact that Aston Villa spent a ton of money and then end up losing 3-2 to newly promoted Watford? It's just, they've spent it all on forward players (laughs) other than Ashley Young, who was free. I mean, Ashley Young's only there so he can finish out his career at his boyhood club. Boyhood club's Watford. Well, the, the, the club... His... I'm, being, I'm being pedantic. Yes, I know. He was at Aston Villa before. <sighs> I'm being pedantic for, for the sake of it. <laughs> I was going to say, he literally, he, he got his big break with Villa. Yeah. But it was, it was ridiculous. It's Miles Saar who was class for Watford last time they were in the Premier League. Tormented Matt Target so much. Is that, I'm trying to think. Yeah, all three goals, uh, no, two of their goals came down the Watford right, so up against Matt Target. So yeah. it's Milo Saar putting the ball in the middle for Dennis's goal, which was class. <laughs> And then him, okay, it took a deflection off Tyrone Mings, but he deserved that goal. And then the, the, the killer one 
was uh, Cuco Hernandez's one. So he joined them in like 2018 or something and just been out on loan mm-hmm. in various different places. I mean, what? You've been there four years now. Come on to make your debut. You run, dribble past a couple of players and bend one into the far corner. <laughs> on your Premier League debut at a packed Vicarage Road. Doesn't get much better than that, I would say. And then it looked like the wheels were going to come off. <laughs> I still can't believe that Watford also have Tom Cleverle. Oh, I love that man. I used to know his granddad. His granddad used to live oh. in the same village as me. I can't believe it. Andy Tate as well. Just... Got Danny Rose as well. True, true. And Ashley, it's like an it's like a United old boys club. They've got (laughs) Ben Foster, who used to play in golf United. They've got um Tom Cleverley, who used to play for us. Craig Cathcart was in our youth system at some point. And they've also got Ashley Fletcher, who, funnily enough, was apparent was a rated more highly than Marcus Rashford. So he went out on loan to, I think it might have been Borough. And then we had that injury crisis. And because Rashford wasn't deemed good enough to go out on loan, Rashford come into the first team to replace all the injured strikers. That's got to suck. Oh, well. They're both in the Premier League now. I know. I also know a lot of people who are very unhappy with Danny Ings for leaving Southampton because he had a dream of playing for Champions League at the Champions League level. Decides to join Aston Villa. Well. Good one. Doesn't look like he'll be going anywhere near Champions League anytime soon. To be fair, I think Villa, Villa will be fine. I think... Yeah... Just need to get Leon Bailey starting because he came on and was absolutely class. Because Leon Bailey is freaking unreal. I'm surprised that uh, Bayer Leverkusen let him go for 30 million. Money talks, doesn't it? Especially when you've had such a cash trap last season. Yeah, but you had it. That's what I mean. You know, they 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 get a solid solid payday from Kai Havertz. Why do you need to sell another good player for arguably a little less than he's probably worth if we're talking a Premier League club coming in for him? If we're being honest, he prob- they probably could have gotten $40 million for him. Probably. I think the only, the only thing with Leon Bailey is he's very good, but he's also very inconsistent. Very true, very true. So he needs so the thirty million price tag might be might be warranted, but then on the other hand, why let him go? Maybe he wanted to leave. Yeah, fair. Well, there we go. That's the opening weekend. It's back. It is back. It's crazy as ever. It's going to be an exciting season. Oh, it definitely is. We are very sorry about the limited posts on social media we have had both a crazy work weekend haven't been able to get to socials that often so we do apologize we'll be back on it next week but obviously we talked through the best games in the pod so that's all you really need to know let's be real 
you guys only come on to the socials so you can know when the next podcast is coming out. You don't come only for the socials. At least I hope you don't. I'm just going to let that sit there. Don't actually give me your honest opinions on that because they'll probably make us cry. Anyways, <laughs> we will be back next weekend with all the latest action from the Premier League and the Bundesliga. And then stay tuned because the European editions will be back as soon as the Champions League gets underway, which should be very exciting. But as always, remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because even though we did miss out on a couple socials, we still, uh, we still appreciate the love on all social media. And make sure to check out Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, because... Who doesn't love the newest episodes, the latest episodes of the 50 plus one football podcast, as well as seasons one and two. And also check out our European edition, see how we dig the dirt up on all the good juicy bits from the tournament from the past summer. That's always a good one if you need an hour and a half of solid football content. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.